All right. Well, are you ready to get into the word? Amen. Amen. Well, let's pray before we get started. Father, we just thank you again for this time that we could come together. We thank God for each person and for their lives and for their uh, Christian walk with you. And we thank you, Lord, that tonight we'll be enriched by your word and by your spirit, that we'll receive revelation knowledge and wisdom from you. And we thank you that we'll be changed, that we'll be spoken to by your word and by your spirit so that we'll understand and and be more acquainted with who we are in Christ Jesus. And it's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to start with Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. And we're going to read verse 4. And this will be our... Uh, foundation scripture for this evening, Second Peter four uh, one four. Um, I just had had it on my heart when I was praying the last couple of days uh, for the message that um, we should talk about the promises of God, and I believe that that it's so important to to rehearse what His promises are in our life because sometimes we can forget. We can forget what we have in Christ and what the Lord has given to us and what is available but through the blood of Jesus, through his sacrifice, through his uh, life, his death, his resurrection, what is available. Uh, you know, Brother Hagin used to talk about the uh, 23rd Psalm, that he had set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And then he would uh, expound on that table. He'd say, there's a big bowl of healing on that table. And there's a big platter of prosperity on that table. And there's all kinds of dishes that bring deliverance and peace and happiness and and joy and uh, the mending of relationships and restoration where there's been uh, thievery from the devil. Amen? And he set it up all for us to partake of right in the, right in front of the devil and all of his demons. Isn't that interesting? God, I think sometimes he's a show off. He just likes to show how good he is. And so remember, these promises are for you and for your family and you can lay hold of them. Second Peter chapter one, verse four says, whereby are we given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Now let's slow down and look at that statement. Exceeding great. They're great promises. <laughs> exceeding great and precious. When something is precious, many times we think about it as being rare. Yeah. You know, um, uh, something that you wouldn't find just everywhere. In anything and you know um, but in Christ there's there's rare things that can be found in him that you can't find on this earth that you can't find anywhere else I I mean just one that comes to mind is peace you can't find peace in this world except hallelujah in Christ and then you can walk in peace daily every day joy is one of those precious promises. Amen. 
in the midst, and we sang it a while ago when we were singing Standing on the Promises, in the midst of storms, tribulation, trials, where the devil's trying to steal, kill, or destroy in your life, you can have joy. And, and the Bible says, unspeakable and full of glory. Now, that's rare, isn't it? That's a precious promise. I remember uh, right after my dad died, he was killed by a drunk driver uh, when he was 50, and he was on his way home from church. And he was just the picture of health, and it was just so hard to believe that he was gone. All of a sudden, he was working at the church that day and that evening, and on the way home, he gets killed. Just unbelievable, you know, shocked all of us. However, praise God, in the midst of all that, the more we leaned on the Lord, the more we prayed in the Holy Ghost, the more we sought uh, the scriptures about heaven, the more peace we got. Amen? And I remember sharing, I was going through a uh, checkout at the grocery store, and I remember uh, the lady saying, that is such a beautiful ring that you have on and I said well it was my father's ring and I I just got it and I got had it redone to you know be more feminine but it had been his ring and I said he was killed by a drunk driver and she said oh my goodness I said yeah bless his heart he was just you know the guy that killed him was just 25 and she said bless his heart you know (laughs) and I didn't even think about it when I said it but it shocked her because the world doesn't expect that you're reaching out in mercy to someone who's, you know, basically murdered your dad. But I mean, you know, when you get over in God's kingdom, things just look different. Amen. They just, the, he changes the whole thing around to where you're compassionate towards someone that has, you know, gotten into so much trouble. Amen. And I'll leave it at that. But, Praise God, the other wonderful note of victory there is that my dad, we knew he was in heaven. Amen. And that's another glorious, great promise that we have from God. In fact, the Bible has over 7,000 promises from God to man recorded. Now, that's a lot, isn't it? We need to educate ourselves to all these great, uh, exceeding great and precious promises that God has uh, allowed us to have and just presented us that table in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. So we're going to think about just the the first promise in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And I love this promise. It's the promise of a redeemer. Amen. And you know God came through with that promise, didn't he? He always does. He always comes through with his promises. And our redeemer came. Hallelujah. His name's Jesus Christ. And the Bible says he's redeemed our lives from destruction. All the benefits that Jesus brought to us through his resurrection, through his death and his resurrection. It's really mind-boggling when you think about it. But we need to renew our mind so that we do think about it, so that we do meditate on it. And when challenges come to our life, when problems come, and they will, (laughs) believe me, they will come. As long as you're on this earth, 
You will have tribulation. You're going to have trouble come, come trying to really take you over. You're going to have that happen. But the Bible says, be of good cheer, for we, he, we've overcome the world. We've overcome in Christ Jesus. And so those, uh, the interesting part about the promises is that we have to get our eyes off the problems and get our eyes on the promises. And that's just a shift when things are, are, are going yeah. around and around and around and things are really looking bad or, you know, w- w- with a storm. You can see we were, we were, uh, headed to Birmingham, uh, one day last week because we were going to my mother's funeral and, uh, boy, you could look at the clouds and see that it was very tornadic that day. There was, uh, right. these clouds that you knew that were the, trying to form the funnel clouds and, it was really different to be in that atmosphere because it was eerie how it can be. And we know that life can have that same type of setting where you think, wow, these, this is really looking bad here. And you can choose at that point because we do have a choice. Are we going to keep looking at these clouds and expecting horrible things? Or are we going to start looking at the promise of God? Amen. I mean, uh, before we left for Birmingham, we were in Panama City and we, uh, one night there was the siren went, went off at Tyndall Air Force Base. There were sirens. All of our phones went off. This was like two or three in the morning and, uh, you could hear the wind just howling and, and lightning just like a disco shack or something. It was crazy. And the next day we woke up. Well, David and I, of course, rebuked. The storm. She said, Jesus did it and the same works that he did, we can do also and greater works. So we just followed after our Lord. Amen. Rebuked the storm and said it would not come near our property at all in Jesus name. So anyway, we found the next day that they had had five tornadoes and that it was on the other part of the town. But, you know, it had been very destructive. And there had been reported a water spout that was tornado, tornadic activity coming toward the area that we were in. And they said it just dissolved. That was the report. Now, isn't that interesting? So praise the Lord. We can during those times. And of course, I'm parallel, paralleling this to, uh, you know, you might not have a tornado or hurricane, but it could feel that way in your life with problems or with uh, trauma or situations. But you can see, you know, we don't ha- we don't hide our head in the sand and say, I don't have any problems. I don't have any problems. <laughs> you know, there you can say these look like problems, but I choose to look at the promise. I choose to take hold of the promise of God. And I'm holding fast to the promises. And I'm telling you, God, that's just all that is, is acting by faith, living by faith. Amen. It's not always easy because our flesh wants to cry or scream or yell or whatever we do. But praise God, we can do it. Amen. And feeding on the word, knowing these promises, meditating on these promises really helps for you to be strong when the winds of life blow through. You know 
what the promise is. So if anyway, that first promise is um, the Redeemer. Praise the Lord. This The last promise, uh, just for information's sake, is Revelation 22.7, and it's about Jesus coming back. Behold, I come quickly. Hallelujah. Isn't that a wonderful promise too? Jesus. He is the first and he is the last. He's the alpha and he's the omega. And I'm telling you all the way in between, he's there for you. And you can count on him and his promises. Another promise I love is forgiveness for sins, peace with God, and eternal life. Isn't that magnificent? Hallelujah. All right, let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Are you with me? Are you thinking of promises that apply to your life right now? <laughs> There's some good ones. We heard a, a message on Sunday morning by Pastor Scott Webb, and he was talking about vision. Second Timothy chapter 2 is where we're going in verse 13. And um, such it was just such powerful teaching about vision. But he said, you can't have... Uh, You can't have faith without vision. You've got to see the end from the beginning. And when you are, uh, when you're focusing on the promises, what you're, what you're looking at is the end from the beginning. You're looking at the end result. Okay. I might be feeling pain right now. I might be sick as a dog right now. I might, you know, have all these symptoms in my body, but I can tell you the end result is a quick recovery. In Jesus' name, I will recover and I will recover quickly because the Bible says they shall recover. (laughs) That's a great scripture, a great promise that you can uh, stand upon. And so that uh, act of faith comes from seeing the scripture, seeing the promise and declaring the end from the beginning. This will not turn out like they say it will. This will turn out like God says it will. Amen? What a simple principle. But many times we uh, let these promises slip through our hands um, because we uh, get too wrapped up in this this uh, world, in, the, in this world system. But I'm, I'm telling you the truth. God can overcome anything that man says or that man does. Men are not stronger than God. They might think they are. They might come across like they are. They might be big and bad and mean. You know, I'm talking about men or women. Um, and they might seem like huge, like Goliath. But Goliath got struck down by a covenant, by a promise. Amen? And, um, uh, you know, it, it was no... God's Word is... Uh, so much uh, more uh, powerful and tremendously effective than anything a man yeah. or a woman can do. Hallelujah! And we need we need to apply this to our political situation. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning when I was praying a little bit about this message. I thought we need to hold fast to the promises of God uh, about our nation and about our country and about our leadership. The uh, the Senate and the Congress and the, the presidential office and the Supreme Court and, you know, all those who have authority or influence in this country, um, the Pentagon, the uh, 
United Nations, anything that functions with authority, we need to apply the promises of God to our nation. Uh, And also, we don't need to be afraid of evil people. I don't want them in office necessarily, but God's bigger than they are. (laughs) Amen. He's bigger than evil leaders and evil people. And if you don't think so, just read the Bible. Because he can step in with his power and change things. The Bible says he can put up one and take down another and he can do all amazing things. So um, we just need to trust in the Lord and not trust in people or government. Amen. Don't put your trust in government. I'm telling you, it, we, we pray for them. You know, we love them. We pray for them. But that is not the solution to our problems. <laughs> uh, the government is not the solution. We look to a higher power, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And He is the King of kings. Yes. He is the Lord of lords. Amen. And He never changes, no matter what the political situ- situation is in the United States or anywhere. God never changes. He is the same. So look at Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 and look, look at verse uh, 13. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful, he cannot deny himself. I'm going to read this out of the uh, Amplified. If we are faithless, now this is just interesting to me, do not believe and are untrue to him, he remains true. Isn't that beautiful? He remains true. He's going to stand right there for you, in you, with you, no matter how you act. And he's going to still offer his promises to you. Aren't you glad? Because I'm sure we have all at times let him down as far as, oh, uh, I don't, you know, either we, we, we forget about his promise or we think, well, we can do it a better way, better, or, you know, just the pride of, of people that we, we get into that uh, pride that we think we know more than God or whatever. We can solve it better than him. But he just stands there. And he remains true. Isn't that beautiful? So any time, I'll read the rest of this. He remains true, faithful to his word and his righteousness in his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. So if you think, well, I can't really take the promise of God because this is really my fault that got me in this situation, or it was my decision, my choice that made this mess in my life, and, you know, I got way off track and I left God and whatever. He hadn't left you. He's just as true today as he was way back when you first got born again or first knew him as Lord and Savior. And he's standing right there, remaining true, faithful to his word and his righteous character. That's beautiful, isn't it? We have no excuses and even if we think we're a big and bad and ugly and mean and done horrible things, he remains true. Amen. So take him at his word and um, and activate his promises. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord. I do not change. James 1.7 says, there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from God. The Father of lights. Hallelujah. So this know he's steady and he is stuck on goodness. Amen. He is stuck on goodness. And that's the way he wants to be toward you as good. 
Think about Abraham's promises from God. Abraham had four promises from God. Now, you ought to write this down because we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So this, these four promises, God promised Abraham. And I, when I read these today, I thought, okay, you promised me too, because I'm Abraham's seed through Jesus Christ. So first of all, he promised land. Land. Now, you know, we ought to believe God for land. Yeah, we should. Amen. Think about how God gives people land in the Bible. It was a real big deal how he would give land. And there wasn't a lot of buying it. It was just (laughs) obtaining it. You know, it's interesting, isn't it? And so I think that we ought to own land. I think we ought to believe God for land. I think that we ought to be big landowners. Hallelujah. So think about that in your life. Amen. One of the promises in Deuteronomy says that you will dwell in goodly houses. Plural. So if you have a couple of houses or more, just think you could, you know, what you could do with those houses or, you know, it could help you financially if you were leasing or renting. It could help people if you have a place, you know, if they're going through hardship that you could help them uh, and give them help and in and, and their time of need. I tell you, the more uh, land you have, I believe the better off your life could be. Amen. So he promised Abraham land. And that's, well, that's just a carnal thing. Well, God evidently thought it was important because he promised him land. A second thing he promised him was numerous descendants. Isn't that beautiful? Numerous descendants. And many of those were in the natural, but many of those, like us, are spiritual descendants through Jesus Christ. And so I believe that your families can flourish, that you can have descendants. Maybe you, you know, have had trouble having children in, in various medical situations and ways and, and you, you know, been barren. Uh, you know, my daughter and my son-in-law uh, were told that they could not have children. And she found a scripture in the Bible to stand on a promise, believe it or not. And um, the promise was there's none barren in the land. And it was just one statement that she found and she thought, that's my scripture. If there's none barren, that means we're not barren. And you know they have two little girls now that will be seven and eight years old in March and April. And uh, the doctor couldn't believe it. He was totally shocked. Because he said there was no, absolutely no way you could have children. A miracle that attached to a promise. (laughs) Think about it. Attached to a promise. So if you need descendants, whether they're natural descendants or whether they're spiritual. Now that's where we are. David and I are through having natural descendants (laughs) as far as he and I. I mean, our children can have more children. We love we love grandchildren. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, and our dog was well, she's yeah. But anyway, <laughs> she's fixed. But but anyway, but what we're believing God for is spiritual descendants. We want the fruit of our lives in Christ, the fruit of our ministry, especially. We believe God for thousands of people every year to be born again, 
because of the ministry that God's called us to. And we write that down. I've shared some things like that before with you, that we put our faith out for thousands to be born again. And they are. Praise God. Not because we're so wonderful, but because he's called us to preach the gospel. And when you preach the gospel, people get saved. Isn't it glorious? And so we thank God for that. So descendants, claim that promise that you'll have numerous descendants. The third thing is blessing. Blessing, empowerment. That word means an empowerment to prosper, to succeed. The blessing of the Lord upon your life. And he said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you and your descendants. So there you go. Everybody that's your descendant, you can claim blessing for them because of the promise of God through Abraham, through Jesus Christ. And then fourthly, here, the last one, um, you can uh, claim blessing through him for all nations. Because it said, goes on to say in that same scripture, that you and your, your descendants and all the nations shall be blessed because of yes. you. Isn't that something? Yes. I just believe everywhere we go, we bring blessing. Everywhere we go that we touch during the day or during the week or wherever we travel, we bring blessing. Um, David was telling me, uh, because we've just been married five years uh, next week. Uh, amen. Celebrating five years of marriage. But um, I wasn't here when he first moved here. But he said that this area has so blossomed and prospered since he first moved here. And, of course, you know, we believe the word of faith and the word of blessing that wherever we go, there, there is the blessing. Amen. I know that it certainly happened in Panama City when we were there uh, for years. We prayed, of course, the promises of God and declared them. And uh, the beach started prospering and it has just excelled since, uh, you know, when we first started the church there in 1980. So we can, we've seen God just bring in the blessing because you're a blessed person. Yes. Hallelujah. I love that. Um, one of the prayer warriors that had influenced my life, she used to say, just keep full because when the cup's full, when the cup runs over, the saucer gets a blessing. And it's true, isn't it? When the cup runs over, the saucer gets a blessing. Wherever you are, just stay full of the blessing because you're going to bring that blessing to your neighbors, to your community, to your city, state, nation, and really all over the world. Praise God. That's what Abraham did. Through him, Abraham, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. That'll give you a big vision for 2024, won't it? Amen. Just a couple more things here. Promises and blessings of God are activated by faith and prayer. They're activated by faith and prayer. They're there. They're ready. It's just like when you maybe you go into a a kitchen or a restroom or something and, you know, the water is ready. All you have to do is put your hands under it, you know, and just activate that uh, monitor there. And there's the water. So uh, what we need to do is through faith and prayer. Activate these blessings. Activate these promises. Faith is through words and actions. 
And prayer is through asking and receiving. You have not because you ask not. So asking and receiving and words of actions, uh, words or actions uh, will release all these promises um, and blessings of the Lord. Always remember to focus on the promise instead of the problem. Be a promise person instead of a problematic person. <laughs> we are not denying the problem, but we are simply turning our attention toward the promise, the steadfast word of God that never changes. That's what we direct our attention to. And his promise always uh, delivers what it says. He always watches over his word to perform it. He always follows through and is true to his word. Praise the Lord. We're going to uh, close with this. Romans chapter 4. Are you glad to be a Christian tonight? I'm so happy to be a Christian. I can't hardly stand myself. Amen. Woo. Relieve so much tension and everything else off your life when you walk with the Lord. Romans 4 verse 21. It says, um, well, let's move up. Let's move up to 16 and give you a little bit of wonderfulness here. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who's the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him who he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things that be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's wound. He didn't keep his eyes on those problems, those uh, hindrances from bringing the word to pass, those mountains, we might even say, those mountains of impossibility. (laughs) He didn't keep his eyes on that. He considered those things not. In other words, he didn't consider them. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform it. Hallelujah. That's all we have to do is trust in the Lord, that he is able to perform his promises, all 7,000 plus in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord, that you have just absolutely inundated our lives through Christ with the promises. And we thank you, Lord, you're true to your promise. You're not a man that you would lie. But you are God of truth and God of that wonderful way of always doing what you say you will do. And we thank you, Lord. We turn our attention. And I I pray for each one tonight that they'll turn their attention toward a promise where there's a problem. If there's a problem, Lord, in their life tonight that seems huge like a mountain, 
we ask you now to remind them of your promise, whatever it could be, whatever it's financially or if it's socially or psychologically, uh, if it's uh, struggling with captivity of the devil. We thank you, Lord, that you'll show them right now the promise. May the promise be huge and made in their mind to be bigger than any mountain so that they can see your mighty, mighty hand at work so that they can see the end result from the beginning and so that they can say, well, it might look like that now, but I'm telling you, this will end in victory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory, glory, glory to your name. We're so grateful that we have you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.